Welcome to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So stay with us as right now we present. Uh, You've heard that song at the very beginning. Tommy TK is the author of that song. He's the songwriter. I wanted to play it in its entirety because I just love this song. Can you hear that? You probably couldn't hear that, could you? No, I heard it. I heard it. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Sounded fantastic. Who is this guy? Right. Bring him on. Right. I, I am. We're going to talk to Tommy Teak about a whole bunch of stuff. In fact, he's now an author and they're clamoring for a second book. We're going to talk about all that when we come back. A ball, a bird, to tell me where to go. As if I didn't know. The road was new A winding path The map showed a photograph Of where the X was marked Stood a marabou With hot fire and ice Honest days of different sorts Would be with hot
and that's Tommy Tika and the Missing Hubcaps, and that is Fire and Ice, which is a song that I use a great deal. It is a really cool song, and um, I I love it a lot. And Tommy, thank you for creating that. That's pretty cool. You bet. I mean, the pleasure was all mine. I think it sounds fantastic in the beginning. You know, it it does, and it, it creates, and I use it for all my opening stuff and closing. Well, I have to recreate the closing stuff, but I'm working on, on using that as and some form of it in uh, all of the uh, stuff that I do. So it's it really is cool, and and uh, and I want to and thank you for it. This is by the way, Tommy Tika. He's been on the show before, but he is um, he's very gifted at what he does. The type of music that he plays, I love the the, the style that he uses. He plays. He's one of those guys. It's really not fair. You can do all. <laughs> You're making me blush, man. It's making me sound great. Um, uh, but thanks you do it all by yourself. That. You write it. <laughs> you you produce it. You you or you do all the all the vocals. You do all the music, and you come up with the ideas. It's pretty cool. I suppose it is pretty cool. I always thought of making music as this ultimate magic trick that you know, you sit down with the guitar, and where there once was nothing, all of a sudden there's something. It's like pulling a rabbit out of your hat. You know, it, yeah. it's. That's what it feels like. And the good ones like Fire and Eyes, you know, it's I, I, I believe it's one of my better ones. It's, you know, it just kind of happened naturally. You don't have to work at it that hard. I always feel that if you have to work very hard at a song, then, you know, uh, and you're not having a great time writing it, then probably people aren't going to have that great a time listening to it. So, you know, I always drop those ones. I mean, sometimes you 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 find them because I tape everything. Yeah, just, just to be on the safe side in case I'm kind of, throwing out gems and maybe i listen back to them in five years or so and i find something from from these recorders that i feel like man i should have used that but then the beauty of music is that it's there and i can pick it up whenever you know write it or complete it or finish it and just turn it into a real song so but usually i just let those ones go if it doesn't come naturally there's it's not organic there's something that isn't working i have very bad experiences pushing those songs you know you end up recording them working hard at them and then two weeks down the road you come to the conclusion that i never should have started this in the first place. <laughs> you know there's it's very disheartening yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and by the way exactly yeah he's he was in carmen gray the impersonators and then there was a moment in time when you decided to go solo and to go do your own thing what motivated you to do that i know that that you know being in a band well i don't know that i've never been in a band um not since i was like nine um but what's it what's it like to make that decision to go on your own when you've been kind of surrounded by all these like-minded guys for so, so long well it was very hard i think you know like like um like i've gone on record saying that carmen gray was loved by critics you know, and and had big hits, Scandinavia and and impersonators. Um, you know, same thing. And and we had iTunes hits, basically uh, international iTunes hits. Uh, I I had when I was in the in in the impersonators. I think it was it was I was scared that once I go solo, the hits stop. And also there was something very scary about being the the only person responsible. There's great strength in numbers that you know you put out a record with a bunch of people if it gets bad reviews it's kind of like a bad thing for the 
for all the five people in the band as opposed to just for the solo artist who's who is the only person in the band as is the case in tom tick and the missing hubcaps you know it's just it's your face it's on the one hand you have all this freedom get total artistic freedom in the sense because you decide if you play all the instruments you decide what the instruments play but yet at the same time um you carry the responsibility along and i think i always wanted to do solo stuff but up until that point i'd been too afraid to do it but then it it came really naturally when um when with the impersonators i was playing most of the instruments anyway and and um with when covid hit became very difficult to see people meet people and go to you know play with people you really didn't have opportunities to play live at all anymore not that impersonators were doing a lot of that but you know to a certain extent but i so then it was very natural for me when everybody else was taking a break just to start messing around with music in my home studio and that's how that first three song ep working class voodoo came about i you know, just started writing songs, and this time with my wife because you know she, she's very musical, and she, obviously we're, we're both stuck at home. Nobody can go to work like it's COVID <laughs> lockdown, going crazy. The kids are running around. You know, it's like I I saw this um, meme um, back in back in 2020. It was a funny meme. You know, it it said day three working from home and the kids were taped to the floor and gagged <laughs> so i mean it was that was basically the case here and so whenever uh whenever the kids took it they would go down for a nap uh that's when my wife and i got you know the instruments out came upstairs and started jamming and and all those i think we collaborated on all those three songs on that first ep and it, it was fun and so it was kind of like all of a sudden you know I was there recording this solo album um, and I could do whatever I wanted with it. it. There was nobody to tell me where to go or what type of songs to write or if some song was too long um, or if, you know, if, if the label thought it wasn't a hit, I was just, that's how the missing hopcaps, Tom Tick and the missing hopcaps. That's how it started. It just did whatever I wanted. Cause up until that point, it had been very, very, um, you know, um, supervised by the label because i've always been with a label but i'd be very supervised um and you know as to what kind of stuff to produce and are you sure there's a hit here and write another one we're not convinced so this time i was just writing whatever i wanted and then i i started shopping the um the ep around and, and i played it to michael stover who's ultimately the guy actually who brought kevin who brought us together yeah. um but and 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 he loved it and said, "Yeah, I'll put it out." And he's got MTS Records, of course. And um, that's basically how my solo career started. Um, and and the EP got great reviews and was well liked. And Working Class Voodoo actually um, was uh, was a bit of a hit. It was in in top one hundred in, in in the UK, and which was very modest considering what thing you know the kind of hits that I had. Ha- had had before and and certainly you know the second single of the next ep was number two so i mean there's a long way from you know number 99 i think which working class wood was to number two 
but it gave me this reassurance that you know everything's going to be fine you know it, it, it wasn't really a gold record it was more like a wooden record but i was very happy with it and and it, and you know even though the chart success wasn't what i had gotten used to <laughs> truly wasn't um it it got great reviews and and people liked it and that was enough so that you know i started pretty soon afterwards working on the next one but they were eps in the very beginning because i was very still I was very cautious, you know, I'm wondering like, you know, is this going to take off? Should I go back doing the impersonators or perhaps Carmen Gray should, you know, come back together and record another album? Because we were recording for big labels like Sony and Warner. So this was doing it upstairs at my home was kind of, you know, I wasn't convinced at first. And and I was still learning the, to produce records. It was It was a modest start in a way, but a start nevertheless. It's one of those things like... When I first started doing um, broadcasting and doing talk shows, I wanted to have a sidekick or a couple of folks that you could bounce stuff off of that you could. So if you faltered, you would have somebody else to be there or somebody to validate what you're doing. And But when you're doing it all by yourself, it's a wholly different thing because you don't have anybody to validate it. So you have to validate yourself and what you're doing. So that's that takes a little bit of that takes some guts to be able to to go out and do that and so congratulations because the work that you're putting out and what you put out that i just love um is really cool stuff there's fire and ice which i'm gonna play at the end i'm gonna let you go to bed because you're <laughs> way over there in in uh um it's, it's pretty cool he's uh he's a dad he's got six kids one of which is eight years old and is now a champion soccer player or football, um, as they would call it, and uh, and so he spent all day in the field watching the kids play. I'll bet you your son fell asleep on his way home. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, that's right. And we had the little brother with us, so you know the six-year-old he he dozed off as soon as we got in the car. I mean, <laughs> but it's on the one hand, it's it's wonderful to see your, your kids play, but yet you know there's the other side to it where you're getting hungry and everybody, I mean, all the parents who've been standing there, you know, um, at the football pitch and all this, it's, you know, it, it, it's wonderful, but yet at the same time you do it three times a week. It's, you know, it's, I it's hope he appreciates it. <laughs> Let's put it this way. By the way, do they have, do you have McDonald's over there? Oh yeah. I mean, I got, that aren't those everywhere. When I was a kid, you know, like we lived in we lived in California, right? So we'd we'd spend the uh, we'd spent the summers in Finland. Back then, there were no McDonald's this year, but we we tour Europe. We'd you know kind of take the ferry from Finland to Germany, and then my dad would drive us around, go to all these different countries. We'd spend like five weeks on the road. There were great trips in Europe back in back in the back in the nineties. You know, you'd have McDonald's, and I remember thinking like. There were American embassies, right? <laughs> Used to say like, "There's another American embassy," um, and that's what it really is. It's it's, you know, they're everywhere, and and they're here now, everywhere too. There's like zillions of them, um, and um, yeah, and the kids love them. I mean, I love them too. But it's one of those things where it's like the soccer game, and then the drive through at McDonald's, and then and then eat something and pass out on the way home. Yeah, I mean that's yeah exactly. Everybody else can fall asleep except Dad because he's driving. You know, so, <laughs> yeah, so, so but, 
So thanks, Dad. You've been working hard all day, all day and, and with your kids and stuff. And I wanted to also talk to you about now the music. We're going to play some more music. You and I are going to go do some conversations with Tommy about a whole wide range of things because you're a very uh, learned, astute man. We've kind of developed a good relationship um, and uh, it was a very good relationship. And so I would love to uh, talk to you about a whole wide range of issues and play your music at the same time. So we're going to kind of put together a little series here of that. But um, I want to talk to you about your dad because uh, yeah, okay, dads cool. are very important. And uh, yeah. yours was so important. You wrote a book. Yeah. I mean, my dad was, uh, <clears throat> he was an incredible guy because he he left home when he was 15 and he joined the merchant Marines uh, and uh, forged, forged his uh, mom's signature because he was that young. You, I mean, you could join the merchant Marines in Finland when you were 16 and he sailed around the world um, on these merchant ships. And I mean, all the stories that I heard growing up were just incredible. He'd go to South America, you know, He'd been real when he was 16, dancing the night away, you know, <laughs> drinking. His stories were filled with the, the Argentine secret police and prostitutes. And whenever my mom wasn't there, obviously, you know, he'd get me. It's like, Tommy, I got to tell you this story, this thing that happened to me in Buenos Aires in 1964 or whatever, you know. And, and they were just incredible stories. And even at the time, as a very young dude, I thought, you know, I should record this. I should... <clears throat> Or rather, at first, I thought, you know, my dad should write a book. That's what I always thought, that he should write a book because they were wonderful. They're very exciting, and, and he returned to all these different stories, especially the one where he claimed he met Josef Mengele in, you know, the, the famous Nazi or infamous Nazi war criminal oh, yeah. in, uh, in, in, in Brazil. And a lot of the, lot of the um, Germans that lived in those parts not sure if that ever happened. My dad could spin a tail like no one else. But whether that was true or not, I always did feel like that these were incredible stories, very entertaining. Um, and and it was almost like, you know, I guess the, the word that I'm looking for is compelling. You know, I just once you sat down with him, you started talking, telling you stories. It just almost you didn't want the night to end. And like I said, I always thought this should be this should be written down. I never really got around to it because they were his stories to begin with. And um, I think it was 2000 and uh, I want to say maybe 18 or 19 when I started talking to him. I said, like, look, Dad, I, I, I'd like to write a book and I want your stories to be in the book. It's going to be fiction, but it's going to the book is going to be about this Finnish merchant marine. And um, I, I want all your stories so I can write about the past because in the book there are like, there's the present and the, the, there's the past. But I've never been a merchant marine. So I, um, I I needed to know stuff, you know, what happens on the ship, how to get paid, um, what were the routes, how long did it take from Europe to Latin America in those days? Why were they going to Latin America? What happened in the port? And all sorts of things. They were important things too. You know, I need, needed that knowledge to write a credible story because if somebody reads it and they've actually been a merchant marine, let's say they're in their 70s and they can just say that, oh, it wasn't like that at all. So my dad agreed to be interviewed. So I, I, I take my iPhone and 
place it on the table and start asking questions. I love those interviews. He's he's passed on now. I, I return to them every once in a while. Yeah. And and um, you know, he told all the stories or retold them because I had heard them countless times before. And if he left anything out, I'd be asking, like, what about the time that, you know, once you told me that when you were in Sao Paulo, you know, this happened. It's like, oh yeah, I remember that now. And so it was it was wonderful. It was wonderful. And um and then little by little I started writing the book. It was it was initially just gonna take place in the past. It was just gonna be my dad's story. But then as I started writing, I realized that it's going to need something in the present that ties in with the past to make it very exciting. And so it has basically two layers now. And um, it was very exciting to write and kind of wonderful because it, once I was writing, writing maybe chapter 10, my dad had already sadly passed away. And I, and I think, you know, it was kind of like bringing him back to life sort of therapy after he, he was gone I, I i stopped writing when he died and then maybe six months down the road i picked it up again and it was listening to those recordings and then sort of finishing the story was almost like bringing him back to life and it felt good at the time but i had to take that break because it was just too painful to return to the recordings and everything right right away but i mean i'm glad i did finish the book and and um i was very happy with the book um when it was finished well you're not alone there are others that were very happy with it too yeah um, yeah people who've read it say that it's it's a good book so yeah you know. well and your publisher has asked for a second one hasn't he yeah we talked about talked about a sequel and then and uh i kind of you know and i haven't started writing it yet but i know what's going to happen so and i also also um um have a lot of the stories that you know my dad told that aren't in the first book so it's kind of nice to nice to basically write those as well i think that by the time the second book is finished i don't think there's going to be any more stories left to tell so it's a nice way to bring you know bring about full closure in the sense that if the kids ever read those books then they'll have all their grandfather's stories not now part of them are just on the recorder so now how is it different writing a book versus writing a song well it it's it i think it's i found it to be a lot harder to write a book and first off if you think in terms of writing a um a novel it, it's what is like 250 pages 300 pages and you you know you gotta keep it going you gotta you gotta go it's, it's hard work i felt it was hard work it took me it took me years to to get the book together and then if you want to make it special it's even harder i think people who publish something every year some of these authors are great i'm not gonna because i've always been an avid reader um you know if, if they're great books some of them even fantastic but i mean you can they're pretty much the same story all over again and i wasn't ever gonna write many books i think that if you if you're able to produce two or three that are actually kind of distinct and compelling and have something very special about them that isn't your usual run-of-the-mill detective story or love story uh i think in my in in my book you know that that's that's an achievement in itself and so so i um uh if if i can make the second one as good as i feel the first one is or exciting and a little bit 
different then i'll write it and then i'll publish it but if 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 it isn't if i feel it's not up to snuff or if i feel that it's somehow repetitive or maybe more of the same or not as unpredictable as the first book i dare you i mean i don't think anybody's gonna really guess how it ends i i it nobody nobody did at the publishers no no one who has read it um has has guessed and so i think that there's it just to spin the ending was was for me was four months i i i wrote 121 different endings (laughs) i i i have them all and (laughs) and at the last moment when i was sending the manuscript in like two days prior i realized that that's how it's gonna end that's how it has to end you know (laughs) did you leave an opening for the sequel yeah i did that was the whole i always wanted it to have that because there was a moment when i realized it was actually going to be a pretty good book and then i felt that you know well i have all these stories that maybe maybe it'll it'll do well enough i mean it was never going to be a bestseller it wasn't that that's just you know um um i don't have i'm not a big name as an author so i mean for people to even find it but but i wanted just in case there was part of me who wanted to return to the story and and yeah there's there's there is that keep in mind that word of mouth is gold in in publishing and you you, you may it may take a little while because you don't have uh the uh, a lot of uh, media backing you but word of mouth in a good book will sell and it yeah. may take a little time, but but it'll it'll get there. And it they, they like it well. See, they're not going to invest the time, money, and effort to have you write a second book if they don't think it's worth it. Oh yeah, sure. I mean that, and that's and that's that's very cool. I I, I agree with you. And and you know, I to be honest with you, I was honored to be given an opportunity to do this. I um I wasn't even sure. I think I had written half of it and i wasn't sure if i was ever going to be able to finish it it was that hard for me yeah um because i wanted to get the all the characters most of them exist in real life you know and um i wanted to uh i wanted i wanted to get the the words they're using and, and the speech patterns and the characters attitudes just right yeah. and and you know the protagonist was easy because a guy called he's a guy called Tom Sundell, and so he's kind of like a combination of me and my dad, because you know you you gotta bring a, a a lot of yourself into the character as well, and but you know it like I said it 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 was difficult for me to get it together, but in the end you know um, I was very happy with it. Well, congratulations! The name of the book is Perfect Reflections. And you can pick it up at Amazon and any one of the booksellers, and and uh, or you can go to. Can you, they get it now at, off your website? No, I'm afraid not. No, okay. it's not. It's not downloadable. Or it's not sold there. But um, I should probably put in a link to be honest with you. But um, I just checked yesterday and I realized that I haven't done anything for that. So, but yeah, <laughs> well, it uh, it all happens in in good time. And it happens the way it's supposed to. So Perfect perfect Reflections is the name of the book. Uh, Tommy Teak is the author. And go get it. I love the cover. Uh, the yeah. cover's really cool. It is a good one. Yeah. yeah. Who did the cover for you? The publisher. Yeah. Ah. Uh, 
It's yeah. really, really is cool. It's got that uh, looking back in the and uh, into the future and that, that kind of thing. Um, so that's 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 cool. Um, um, now you were talking about uh, there were several songs that you did. Now Doormat was that one of the bigger ones? That was one of the bigger ones. That was number one. Yeah, that was a number one hit. That was a number one hit. That would be, um, well, let's. Um, what do you think? about just just to kind of give them a flavor of some more of your music and can you mind if we play uh um the video for uh, um doormat no that'd be great um let's this now this becomes to see whether i'm technology that was, challenged that was one of the coolest videos to shoot i play all the roles in it and we went to this uh um to this uh local theater that had all the costumes that we needed and i'd be changing clothes all the time and and just i mean if you're going to play it, people are going to see it but it was funny i have very fond memories of of doormat music video or are you just playing the song no i'm going to do this i'm going to play the um it's uh let's see it's right uh there i'm trying to maximize it so that but if I'm you want if you go under if there's a there's a tab called videos there's a there's the doormat music video there as well if you want to but that's yeah right that's there. that's what this this is should be that one let me see let me see no hold on i want to i want to do videos that's what right. I, oh yeah we go to uh and uh Dormatic i love i love your titles i'm done with the blues um um uh, venetian always, boots. i actually always put a lot of thought in them i i always felt that a good title was halfway getting there oh yeah there's Dormatic. exactly so here is I know what you do when I'm not around. There's magic in my eyes. I ain't no fool. I ain't no clown. I heard from a friend. You sleep around. There's just one thing left to do before I skip town. I will bring you down. I'm gonna leave you flat. I will break your heart. I used to think you're the one, someone to hold, someone to love. Now I know it's a lie. You weren't sent from up above. I heard from a medicine man that you from below. Where you were born, the red-eyed demon took over your soul, took over your soul. I will bring you down. I'm gonna
Gee whiz, how long did it take you to grow that beard? <laughs> well, damn, long, long, long ass time. Right? <laughs> um, but I mean, it was a great. It was a. You great had a day. great deal. Of- Sorry, you had a great deal of fun putting that together. Yeah, that that was the most fun video that I've ever been part of. I think that, you know, and and um, and just to just to go and then you know it just trying to get into all these different roles and overact and make it actually fun make it like theatrical and and i i just i just had a great time i felt really odd about being dressed as a woman though i it there's something about it first first off because you know you look in the mirror and you realize that i'm not a very i'm not very good looking as a woman you know and, and so you know um which is great i suppose but um get wearing those wearing you know it was it, it was weird but it was fun it was fun and i mean nobody had to really uh twist my arm i was kind of jumping into the dress i you know <laughs> so <laughs> it was it was it was good clean fun i loved it it, it, it was a good video and great song and a great song yeah. and that was number two number one doormat oh, that went to number it, one it shot to number one yeah it was now, I mean, when we I, say, tell me, I'm confused. When we say went to number one, n- number one, what, <laughs> what chart? Uh, iTunes, international iTunes charts. So it was sort of charting in more countries than one country, which is which was great. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Because you also did something else that that I don't even find it on your website anywhere. Maybe I haven't looked hard enough, but you won an award recently. Um, yeah. For the and, uh, International Songwriter Association, yeah. Yeah. Did, yeah. did you put that on your website? Yeah, it's there. I actually, uh, the label asked me to put um, a, a new page there, a sub page that's that says accolades. You know, it's just achievements, and and it actually lists everything now. I always felt very weird about that though, because I um I'm not, I really didn't get into music to write number one hits or win awards. I mean, it's easy for me to say now and nobody will believe me. But I I, I really, you know, I came in the old school way. It was just I wanted to, I wanted to attract women, you know. <laughs> the rest of it just, uh, that was really it, you know, just to get a girl. And it grew from there where I actually fell in love with music production and playing and writing songs. And, and um, I mean, you know, it, one thing leads to another and once you once you get a little bit of a little bit of success, you probably want some more and you learn, live and learn, and you learn to write songs, better songs and learn to produce better records and so forth. But, you know, I'm very grateful, very honored to have, have all that up there. And, and I look at it now and I'm thinking it's great because then it means that people have nodded their heads to what I'm doing. Boy, no kidding. Cause you've got, let's see, two, four, six, eight, 10, 12, 14, 14 songs that have charted um yeah. and some of all of them are i know a couple of them are the impersonators and uh and the rest of them are you yeah i didn't list carmen grace um because i you know always um i probably should um but i felt that that you know for me to put them up there because i wrote wrote those songs with my brother and 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 they're they're sort of every bit as much his achievements as they are mine and um but but i i might put them up there you know make something maybe under i have i have sub page for carmen gray maybe i'll put it there but but yeah 
Um, so there's those two. There's like um, six or seven more. Oh, oh yeah. Um, but <laughs> the Hollywood Music in Media Awards. What was that? That was a that was that was for Doorman. That was for Doorman. Ah. Um, and and, um, and that was a big one. I, it just you know, um, <clears throat> yeah. Um, I was nominated and and I got into the finals, which which was which was amazing. Didn't win, didn't win, but I got close enough so that they wanted wanted an acceptance speech from me, just in case I won. Um, <clears throat> so I mean, it was it was a great honor. That's the biggest one, I, you know. Even though I've won the uh, ISSA awards, that's the the Hollywood Music and Media Award being nominated right. was, was well, the, I mean, the achievement. They mailed you the award because you didn't go. <laughs> right, yeah. That's right, for ISSA, yeah. Now, the Hollywood Music Award, did they have a red carpet and did you go? Walk? Yeah, but no, I, I didn't. It was Corona. Coro I mean, a lot of these things happened during Corona. And um, last year, I could have gone to Atlanta for uh, for the uh, ISSA, uh, the the gala. But um, it just really, really didn't gel with well with our vacations and my work and so forth so it became I, I i had already sort of made up my mind that this year i'm gonna go but now nah, it, it just i i couldn't make it happen and um it's regrettable i, I would have wanted to be there i mean especially now that i know that i, I was gonna win but but i mean um i mean this is you know it's life and and as 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 wonderful as it was, and, and I'm honored to have received that award. It's you know couldn't make it happen. Now I'm looking at your um, accolades, and I'm saying to myself, this is a, this is a guy of note. This is a guy that is like one. It, it almost feels like you're one song away from really taking off. Is that how you feel? Well, I mean, um. First of all, I think that everybody's always one song away from taking off. I think a song, one song away from taking off. I think that, um, you know, it can happen to anyone. But, yeah, sometimes it feels like that because I've achieved a lot and then still, you know, not enough to, to have become a household name. I'm not sure how important that is, though, because, you know, at the end of the day, you're making music that you like and you hope somebody else will like, too. But, I mean, obviously, if... if 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 I I'd get one of those huge worldwide hits, I wouldn't mind. I mean, I'd be lying to everybody if I said I would. It'd be fantastic. Um, but um, I'll keep on trucking whether I get that one song or not. It's not a it's not about that for me. So you know, it's a songwriter writes, a singer sings, and a musician plays, and a producer produces. It's as simple as that, and you do it because it's a lifestyle. There's no other way to live. And and I think you know, had I had I just been in it for the awards, I would have quit a long time ago because I'm I'm a bit of a late bloomer in the sense that a lot of these are like from the past five years. And I mean, I started when I was 16. Right. And Carmen Gray happened when I was in my um, late 20s and early 30s. So, I mean, you can do the math. I mean, it's it it wasn't instant success. So I've always been it been in it for the long haul, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, oh yeah, but. The other thing is, is that if you had that mega hit or you became that mega star like a Garth Brooks or, you know, it's not just to pick a name, 
uh, somebody like that, it would be hard for you to go stand all day on the sidelines of your son's soccer game yeah. without being bothered by a bunch of, of uh, fans. Well, and and not only that, I mean, I think that, you know, having been a major label artist and having had a lot of that, not a lot, but some of that, it's it's a lot of touring. It's a lot of being away from home. And back in those days when it was happening for Carmen Gray, I was a young man. I didn't have like, I didn't have a family. It It's, you know, I, I well, I mean, I had a family, but not not six kids. I have six kids now. And, and so um, it wasn't. You know, and when this whole thing started, I I didn't have kids. You know, Carmen Gray started, I ha- I had none, and so it was easy to kind of throw yourself into what you were doing. And um, I mean, if there are no kids, who obviously kids need to go to school and 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 all that, you can if you just have your spouse, they can follow you. You know, they can come with you wherever you go if it's a luxurious lifestyle. It can take a few years off from what you're doing especially if music pays the bills like it did in those days. Um, but once you have kids and you have a house and you put down roots, it's 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 a horse of a different color. And you're right, wouldn't be able to stand at the football pitch watching my son play. And at the end of the day, that's, that's really what matters. Um, but I mean, it's, it's just so people don't get the wrong idea, buy the records, you know? <laughs> <laughs> nothing against world domination. Um, but um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, there are more important things in life than cutting hit records. It's true. now, and uh, this is the public service announcement that I always like to make whenever I have a musician on. Please buy the music. Don't download it or don't don't um, uh, stream it. Buy it uh, because uh, they these guys the, the 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 major folks like Spotify and those guys and iTunes and stuff they pay a pittance. Uh, for the for the work that these guys uh, spend their whole lives doing, and they deserve to get paid for it. Um, so buy the music, please. If you like it, buy it. So there. Thank you for that announcement. And I, I I encourage the same thing. But I mean, that's the reason why. That's that's one of the reasons why. Um, one of the things that I think is wrong with current music uh, industry is the fact that um, people aren't making money. And you have these aggregators who just everybody's able to release music, whether or not it's a professional product. And so, you know, that that's yes. yeah. Well, and what the, what do you think of? Uh, and we'll get into this more on another uh, day. But I just wanted to give you the the uh, your thoughts on what do you think about um, um, artificial intelligence? <laughs> what's what's that going to do to music? Um. Yeah, it's going to kill it. I think that artificial intelligence is a scary thing, by the way. And we just talked about this uh, with my brother. Because um, it's not just music. You know, it's easy for us to sit here now and say or talk as if it's, if this was just a case. Um, or if, if this just had something to do with writing songs or painting painting pictures or whatever. But, I mean, there are human robots that use artificial intelligence they look like humans people are getting ready to and, and this is happening people are already marrying these robots um hold, 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 hold on wait <laughs> yeah I'm, you- so I'm, I'm just i'm just saying that artificial intelligence as as 
as a concept, technology, it's getting out of hand. On the one hand, you have computers writing songs, but on the other hand, you have computers inside robots that are simulating human beha- simulating human behavior. And um, and that's, after, that's now. That's now, and yeah, and and just to give you, there was in, in the news. That's now. It's very now, and um, and you can Google these robots. My, my God, they're like ten grand, but they sure do look like people. Um, not probably up close, but you know how quickly technology develops. And there was there was this big news uh, news flash about a, a Google engineer. I'm, I might not remember who he was, but I think it was a Google engineer who was developing artificial intelligence for some project. And then as he was developing it, he asked the artificial intelligence that how would you feel if I turned you off? And 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 the computer answered that I would be very sad because we've developed a relationship. And and I think that right now, as, as I started researching that and I talked to some of my engineer friends, they said that there are crisis lines where you think you're talking to a human being, but you're actually talking to a robot. Oh, my God. And, and so um, they're not they haven't really been a success but what they're trying to do is that they're actually trying to because you know you call a bank you go you go to a robot in finland these days yeah may i help you could you please state what you want help with and then you go like loans loans okay sir well let me put your call through and so that's the very you know that's the start of it so you know to tell you how i feel about artificial intelligence i think it's ridiculous that people with zero musical capability all of a sudden can write songs with artificial intelligence uh and call themselves songwriters because ultimately they're not they're just using computers to simulate skills of somebody else that put the software together and i and i and i think uh i think it gets me angry a little bit to be honest with you but um uh, but but I mean it, it's not like you can stop development at the same time or whatever you want to call it. At the same time, you've got to take into consideration all these other things that are happening. I mean, cars are going to drive themselves soon, and the only reason why they don't already drive themselves is that because there are humans in the traffic as well. Because not everybody can afford a robot car. So the problem is that even though we have technology like that, if there is an accident, who is to blame? It'll right. be the fault of the human. And also, let's say that a robot car comes into a situation where you have, you know, no way out of a crash. And then you need to decide whether you're going to kill the old person who's, who's there on your left or an infant who's there with his mom who's there on your right. I mean, a, a human being makes a certain decision, but a robot who is programmed a certain way might choose to kill the old person instead of the infant because the old person's kind of one foot in the grave already so exactly. de- depending on i mean i'm not this is not something i'm saying is a it doesn't really reflect my values or thoughts but i've talked to a lot of engineers because i know a lot of people and i mean how do you how do you that's not a problem you can solve and and so whose fault will the accident be um because a robot will do all a computer will always do certain things the same way the way it's programmed to do right whether whether now going back to what i was saying about the google engineer and the artificial intelligence whether these program programs or software or whatever i'm not an engineer i don't know enough whether they're going to keep learning and take on these um, um develop conscience you know which 
I'm not sure that that's possible. Um, we don't know. But I asked, I asked, here's an interesting question I asked a friend of mine, like, how would you feel if you if you were in a crisis and you called some crisis hotline and you you would get help and then then two weeks down the road, you learn that you've actually been talking to a robot. And he said that I'd, I'd, I'd flip, that, you know, I'd be insulted, that <laughs> how dare they? But then and then again, here's another thought. You know, there's there's narcissistic, narcissistic people and sociopaths out there, according to recent research, in greater numbers than we've ever thought that they exist. Yep. What's the difference between a person without empathy, which which basically narcissists are, what's the difference, you know, between a robot and that kind of person doesn't really give a toss. So I don't think it's that, I don't think it's that we want to deal with a person. I think it's that we want to deal with a big hearted, empathetic person. And we always assume that everyone is like that. And it's sad, you know, the sad thing is, Tommy, is that because of some, especially in my country and your, you know, the United States, you grew up in California, especially in this country, there is because there are political leaders who have opened the door to narcissism. And there are people who now think, hey, my time has come. It's okay. I can let, I don't have to hide anymore. So I don't know that we have more than we ever had, but they're just coming out of the woodwork because they feel more safe to do that. Yeah, I mean it's 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 more acceptable these days. It it's just the way it, it should is. Not be, but it should, no, it is. no, it shouldn't be. But um, I guess they've always been around to a certain extent, and and certain careers, of course, attract these sort of people more than others. But but I mean, I mean, it, it's an interesting thing because if you if 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 you Google enough and 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 you read enough research, and I'm talking about medical journals and things like that that are you know that are reliable, it you find out that you know it 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 it's a field that hasn't really been researched enough in the past. But I mean, going back to artificial intelligence once again, I mean we're very I'm scared of it, but at the end of the day, it's just because I don't know it. Um, we don't know what the future will be like you know imagine going home to a robot who's gonna welcome you with open arms and you can't really say if it's a robot or not i'd rather have a you dog know, well i mean me too but i mean <laughs> but, but i mean he, here's a thought here's a thought um you know it, it'd be nice to have company wouldn't it i'm not saying that there has oh, yeah. to be any, right there, there doesn't always have to be something you know dirty about it uh, although knowing myself, you know, <laughs> um, well, you, you, I'm, no, you, I'm a nice man. You know, I just you I do just realize know. that that will be since since porn is like the number one uh, money making industry in the world that it won't take very long, and you will have a robot saying, "Hello, dear, come here, dear," and you know that'll be that, oh, and people are going to say, "Oh, it's just there for company." It's exactly. like everybody. We mentioned McDonald's. Nobody admits that they love McDonald's. It's the best food ever. Nobody's going to come to you and say that my mama never made anything as good as McDonald's fries, right? <laughs> Nobody right. will ever say that. But yet at the same time, it's the most popular restaurant in the entire universe ever. And um, in France, I just learned, there are more McDonald's in France than anywhere else in the world. You know, um, 
no other country no other country has as many mcdonald's restaurants as france which is doesn't make any sense because if there ever was a nation that you think does not support or go to mcdonald's it'd be the french wouldn't you agree Oh, that's absolutely, absolutely. I would think, you know, a little glass of red wine and, and, <laughs> and something that would be nice and, and things, but rather than a, a Big Mac and a Coke, that just doesn't seem right to me. No, I mean, I mean, it's like people running into each other at McDonald's. Like, what are you doing here? Oh, I don't know. I just walked in. I didn't know it's McDonald's. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's like, I've never yeah. been here before. I'm here to rent a car, you know, right? <laughs> Must have come to the wrong place. Uh, um, I got to, I got to tell you, Tommy. I I really enjoy our conversations, and uh, I I love your music, and I love what you do, and and uh, I'm I'm excited to uh, do these and uh, to put them up there, and I'm I'm going to take um, fire and ice and uh, and create a little video behind it to, so that it's reflective of what we do and and stuff. I I and then I'll play it for you. I hope you'll be proud of it. And uh, we're we're gonna play your music. I really, honestly, I I want to hitch my wagon. I I think that you are legitimately a extraordinarily talented man, and and I want your music to be heard. Man, I, I appreciate that. That warms the heart. It really does. Well, you you and you're you're a good human being. You've got six kids, and you're and you're um living a living a good life and uh um and stuff and so you know you should be you should be really proud of who you are and thank you for for coming and doing this show as as it, you my you pleasure i mean i love these chats and you know i'm um like i said it's it's, it's good to hear we're going to be doing some more of these i uh, yeah i would love to do them now now because it's like uh Let's see. It is um, correct me if I'm wrong. It's eight o'clock your time. Correct. It's eight yeah. o'clock your time, PM. So you've already had Saturday, and it's a nine or it's ten o'clock <laughs> yeah. my time, Saturday morning. So I haven't had Saturday yet. Can you tell me how my Saturday is going to go since you've already been there? Um, you're going to meet a robot. <laughs> it's going to be a fine robot, and it's it's going to be you know five it's five be and just for company. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, it'll be it'll be a good Saturday. I'm sorry, I just and, well, uh, you you know, it's it's interesting. I just for just for a lark, uh, you know, you can't even say this and say I just wanted to see because people go, no, you didn't. You were off. You you were shopping, <laughs> and it's like so. I was just I was just looking at the. And so I just googled. Actually, I used uh, uh, AI, uh, uh, the the AI chat, and I he said, "How many sex toys are purchased in the United States?" <laughs> you have no earthly idea how big of an industry that is. No, no, I mean, of course it is. I mean, it's but it's it's kind of to be honest with you, it's kind of weird that it is such a touchy topic because this is this is what people do. I mean, um, it it's part of who we are otherwise we'd run out of people wouldn't we <laughs> that's right I, I mean i mean just you know but i think i think that i get it and i think that especially in the west the ideal self for all of us is 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 something that we want to preserve and protect almost um you know to the point where it doesn't really make any sense i i try to be honest you know 
Um, there are many different types of parents um, than pa parenting techniques. It's, I've noticed that quite a few people don't really go to their kids and say that, you know, when I was young, I messed things up real bad. And here's how I did it. And, and I, I, wanna, I don't want to encourage you to do the same because it just doesn't lead anywhere good. So I've always been very candid and, and um, honest about my uh, shortcomings to my sons. Um, and um, I don't know any other way because I think at the end of the day, we're people. And I think it, it's just who we are. If we, if we do not admit to ourselves that we're flawed, we're not going to improve. We're, there's, you know, that's one of the worst things that you can do to yourself, actually, not to look in the mirror every once in a while and say to yourself that I could have done so much better. Oh, because yeah. you're going to end up repeating the same mistakes. And here's the kicker blaming the whole entire world and everybody around you for well your mistakes yes until you have something where you actually get caught and there's no way to avoid it um there was a um i was reading an article and the article started off with never wear a butt plug to an mri <laughs> And I said, well, this will be interesting. Apparently, I had no no idea, but the, apparently this this guy uh, thought that the the device he was using, which they call a butt plug, was uh, um, was uh, uh, plastic. Turned out to be metal on the inside. And when it went through the uh, MRI, it jettisoned it into his abdomen. <laughs> okay. Jeez. And so at that point, he, he can't really say, I don't have any idea where that came from or where that was. Uh, and so they had to do a couple of surgeries to, uh, to eradicate it. But Jeez. Oh, my God. Just another thing that can happen. No, but things that can happen to you. <laughs> exactly. And then you have to go home and explain that to somebody. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can see how easy that would be. But I mean. <laughs> But, but I mean, seriously, I, I think that, uh, and hopefully we'll touch upon this topic later on in, 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 in sort of podcasts to be, um, but, but I think it's, it's, it's quite important and also quite challenging, I think, for people to admit that they're people. And I think going back to your comment about the, uh, the certain industry, um, I mean, there's a reason why it's so big. Oh, yeah. Nobody, it's, it's one of those big things that nobody talks about. That's right. Just like McDonald's. Exactly. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. exactly. So, you know, young man, uh, your kids are tired. You must be exhausted. Um, I'm, I'm going to, and it's, a, it's evening time. It's time for a glass of wine and to relax for a little bit before Absolutely, you yeah. send them off to bed. And I, I want to thank you again for being here. And uh, I really enjoy our chats. And uh, I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, play the, no, I'm going to let you go but, because I want to play uh, Hearts on Fire. Can I play Hearts right. on Fire? Awesome. Yep, go ahead. Uh, it, it, is, uh, it is a really, it, it is my favorite um, Tommy Tika song. All um, right. And I, I, although Fire and Ice has become a close second, um, so I, I really, I really love them both. I, I love, I love a lot of your work, and, and a lot of it has to do with uh, who you are and uh, and the type of music that you play. And um, so this is so 
Tommy, is there anything you'd like to say before we go? No, except that I can't wait for the next time we uh, come together and chat. I've had a great time. Saturday, Thanks, maybe? Kevin. Yeah, Saturday. Let's do Saturday. Let's so do you Saturday. At, at 9 Pacific, and I don't know, what what do they call it your time? Um, What time is it? It's um, 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock Central European time. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So... Tommy, thank you so much. You're welcome to hang out with me or and listen to this or go see your kids before they go to bed. I'll and, go see uh, my kids before they go to bed. Yeah. yeah but, awesome, man. So th thank you so much. And this is uh, Hearts on Fire. Sat down and we swore we won't get old. Stephen married money and he lost his hair. Jake's heart has turned cold. And I've been bought and so Mentioned Ken hates his wife, but just in secrecy. Bob got fired and Art's in jail. Matt's in therapy. It all sounds just like me. Yeah, my heart's on fire, but my boils hot. I am all.
Hey, thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end. Please give us a like and subscribe to this channel. This has been a production of PositiveTalkRadio.net. Please visit our website, oddly named PositiveTalkRadio.net, for more details about us and our mission, which is to provide great positive programming designed to inspire us all. I'm Kevin McDonald, and I'm proud of these shows, and I truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, remember... Be kind to one another because each other's all we got.